Okay, so the tape is rolling and the January podcast is recording. Hello, everyone. I hope you had a good start to the year. Not been too bad here. Been quite busy, which has caused one or two ramifications, which I'll go into a little bit later regarding books and release dates. But we'll start off with a bit of good news first. Um... This is to do with a bit of housekeeping to do with the website. Uh, first things, a bit of a technical issue that I had with the the website, uh, which is I've managed to sort out. It's all to do with WooCommerce, which powers the website uh, shop. Not updating. The software wouldn't update. It was all a database issue, quite technical. I've uh, been trying for a few months to get that sorted out, but finally managed to do it with the aid of a really brilliantly simple plug-in that sorted out the issue turn the plug-in on it sorts the issue it turns itself off simple as that brilliant the way that it should be so that means that the website is fully updating itself etc etc all of the software is updated which is fantastic because i was seriously considering rebuilding the website so that i could solve this issue it was bugging me that much i do like all of the software on the website uh, up to date for security reasons but there's also performance reasons as well it also new functionality and various other different things that you get with updates so i'm really pleased that that's uh that's been solved that the the updates are continuing um I do want to try and take another look at that area of the website the 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 sales the website shop Currently, I only sell to customers in this country. Um, anybody else wanting anything, you know, can use the Redbubble site. Fantastic site, you know, if you're in America, you're uh, in Europe or, you know, Australia or anywhere like that. I would certainly recommend using the, the Redbubble site if you want to buy your print or anything like that. So check that out. Um, I believe I can be found at richflintphoto.redbubble.com but there's links on my website at richardflintphoto.com anyway so but I'm sure that Redbubble link is correct so yeah I want to try and sort out and just improve on the store that's there already the second bit of good news is that my Ben Nevis trip, my climb up Ben Nevis and the images that I shot have been uh, added as a gallery to the website, uh, to the portfolio section. And I've also written about the climb as well. Uh, really enjoyed talking about that because it was quite a proud moment for me. There wasn't really very much to take away from 2020, uh, but the Ben Nevis trip certainly was something that I was able to do safely and I enjoyed a lot. Um, the photography itself wasn't easy and I would have liked to have shot more images I certainly would have liked to have shot more video because I didn't shoot any but a lot of that was to do with the physical demands that are placed on you when climbing a mountain it's not an easy environment to climb Ben Nevis in, uh, sometimes the path is absolutely wonderful and then sometimes the path is absolutely hell on earth an absolute absolute ankle breaker so i had to concentrate a lot and of course if you're concentrating on walking and climbing up and making sure that you aren't breaking any of your your bones um 
to a certain extent, the photography, which does take a lot more concentration than people think, uh, does get pushed to a secondary priority. So the gallery is quite interesting in that it's... I'm proud of it, really love the work, but there isn't as much in there as maybe there should be. Uh, I certainly did miss some shots, certainly did miss taking some video. Um, but as I say in the in the post, basically it's a case of I know what to expect the next time I do it. So I'll be a lot more uh, prepared. The Also, the other thing is, is you can only take so much kit with you because, of course, kit is weight. And wait, you've got to climb up the mountain. And quite honestly, I thought I was packing lightweight and it weighed a ton by the end of the day. Um, like I say, it was very, very physically demanding, but I enjoyed it. So check that out. That's uh, the Ben Nevis uh, Gallery, which has just been put onto the website a few weeks back, a couple of weeks back. And um, that can be found. It's in the slider section on the main page. It comes up there and it can be found in uh, the portfolio area. So the bad news. There's always got to be a bit of bad news. And of course, it's about the book, isn't it? It's always about the book, the bad news. So the Two Towns book was supposed to come out at Christmas and due to, to work coming in and... I mean, quite honestly, the amount of work that came in at Christmas surprised me and... I managed to get it done, but of course that time, that free time was taken up with that, which meant that I couldn't concentrate on the book. And also, I found writing the book quite difficult still. Um, it's me being a perfectionist. It's me trying to get the text to justify the images uh, quality-wise. They've both got to be of a similar sort of quality. Really love the images. I've really got to love the text. So the book text is divided into two sections. There's the introduction, which is, as it says, just introduces you to the, the book and the photography and just talks a little bit about it. And then the second part is three pages, which would come to probably about a thousand words, maybe 1,200, which concentrates in on certain images and just explains how they were taken and a bit of background about them and I want to do that justice as well so at the moment the Two Towns book is something that's going to come out when it comes out I'm hoping to be able to do it for before Easter, April, May time really get in there and concentrate and uh, get it written everything else in the book is ready to go the other book that's in line that could possibly jump over the two towns if um, I think it's ready could be Edinburgh Seven Hills, which is really just about ready to go. It just needs a little bit of tweaking with the text, but it's nowhere near as text heavy as the two towns is. And I would not be surprised if that doesn't leapfrog over uh the two towns and gets released before it um, in fact that might be a better way of doing it um, it'd be a nice little nice little book I think probably the reasons why the two towns is so tough is there's a, there's a couple of reasons the first thing is is that it, it marked the end of an era for, for in my life um, 
in a similar way to actually see Sky, Sand and Street did, but in a in a slightly sadder way, in that it was the last trip away that we had with both of our parents, my sister and me. Uh, we we all went somewhere and had a really great time for a week. There was no cancer. There was no um, no idea that anything was heading down the the track like a like a freight train towards us um and sadly within just over 12 months of that trip to edinburgh my mum had died uh 2016 was absolutely horrendous but we had a fantastic trip away for that week in edinburgh i was taking some really great photographs in a great city um i really really enjoyed myself uh, taking photos um, it just I just really enjoyed doing it and uh, like I say I just want to do it justice I just want to do the, the book justice so that when I pick it off the shelf I'm not thinking oh I wish I'd have done that or I wish I'd have said that um, I just need to get it into that position where it's where it's right so it's tough <laughs> I mean, the and the second reason why it was the end of an era was uh, it's basically the last book in a trilogy for the mobile phone, iPhone photography that I was doing at the time. Um, I've, I've switched phones now. I've gone over to Android, so I'm no longer using an iPhone. I basically come to the end of my journey with the Hipstamatic app. It's a fantastic photography app but i think that it's very easy to slip into using it when you shouldn't and overusing it and the photography becomes a bit of a cliche in fact i would actually argue that to a certain extent by the time i was using it for the photos in caught by the tide it was probably starting to get a bit long in the tooth by then but that was just a short little photo zine uh after that, I decided that I, I wouldn't use it. It's just a period in your photographic timeline and you just bring that to a, a close. And I think the way to bring it to a close and just say that was that period, that was that photographic period in my life is to release a good book with the two towns that was actually shot in the middle but will come last. Um I mean, I actually realised just recently that Sea, Sky, Sand and Street, which was the first project shot like that using uh, the Hipstamatic app with iPhone, uh, was done 10 years ago uh, this year. So, yeah, that's quite... I, I couldn't believe it when I, when I... But, you know, a decade has gone by since I shot that, that book and uploaded it. It'll be August, I think. So there'll probably be a bit of a special podcast... Um, I'll have to remember to put something onto Google Calendar or something to remind me, but um, I do want to sort of delve into that a little bit and just discuss some of the ramifications of that. And uh, I think as long as a photographer can get a few good books out in their lifetime, and they've got to be good, they have got to be good. There's no point in saying, oh, well, I regret that one, but that one was good. I would like to be able to look, even if it's just four books that eventually come out, and I just say, yeah, they are four crackers. They are four really, really good photography books that I'm proud of. That's the main thing. But it's got to be the complete package. The writing has got to be as good as the photography. Otherwise, it takes something away, doesn't it? But 
we'll have to see how it goes. But yeah, The Two Towns, it's an important book and it needs to be right. Um, and then I can move on to other stuff. I have got a few actual ideas for photo scenes and things, but I need COVID to make a disappearance, which would be lovely, wouldn't it, if COVID suddenly just disappeared as quickly as it seems to have arrived. Um, but yeah, I've got a few ideas and it'd be nice to, to move on to those and get them out. And the great thing is, is they're not complicated. So in theory, I could shoot them and put them together within a month or two and get them released. Uh, and uh, I think they're quite strong ideas as well. So I've made sure that I've written them down somewhere so that I don't forget them because that's something I always used to do at university, come up with great ideas and then forget them. So, yeah, that is basically the bad news, um, which in the scheme of things, considering what's going on in the world, it isn't the end of the world, is it? It's just a book being delayed a little bit longer, but it will get released. But it's just got to be right. OK, on to the links, the final bit of the podcast. Um, so the first one I'm going to mention is from The Guardian. Um, I actually thought that January was a bit quiet. I thought, oh, I'm not really going to have very much in the way of links. Uh, but I came across three that I'd gone and mentioned on Twitter. So I thought I would mention them here because they are quite interesting images. The first one is, like I say, from The Guardian. It's Grace Robertson's post-war Britain in pictures. Grace Robertson used to be a picture post photographer picture post was i suppose you could say it was the equivalent of life magazine roughly very similar sort of very similar sort of uh thing that it did with photography um it was a mixture of celebrity news and photography about subject matters but what was probably one of Picture Post's strongest elements was that it concentrated in our, on the everyday. So it looked at elements of our everyday life and photographed them. And, you know, it did a really, really great job of doing that. Picture Post was active until, from the 1930s up until the, the late 1950s, I believe, um, when eventually the celebrity story sort of like killed it off. Uh, we started getting into that celebrity news uh, area, which we're still sort of like dealing with now, aren't we? Um, people are more interested in what Madonna's up to than, you know, some famine somewhere in Africa. So it's that's really what sort of killed the, the picture post off. But at the time, in the, in its heyday, in the 30s, 40s and 50s, um, you know, it was a really, really good read. And I'll see whether I can find in the links, see whether I can find some old issues that have been uh, digitised and see whether I can come up with. But the images, like I say, are very sort of like what you, I suppose a lot of people would say were rather mundane, but they are a beautiful historical record of life in the 1950s in Britain as the children going in to a sweet shop on the high street and waiting at the door. There's all sorts of faces being pulled there. There's people having holidays. Uh, 
School for performers, um, teaching dancing and things to kids. Uh, there's there's all sorts of beautiful images in there. That's some a lot of them with a lot of humour as well and and joy, which is is fantastic. And it just goes to show that you know documentary photography does not have to be about really serious issues. It can just be a great medium to record the everyday that we tend to think stays around. But it's amazing how quickly we can lose uh, things disappear from our lives. Not only people, but um, we've only got to see recently how the high street is changing because of COVID with a lot of high street shops going into administration, etc., um, which changes the look of the high street and what's available on the high street. So there's... Things are changing all the time and we need to record these things the best way we can. So anyway, take a look. If you are into, you know, the old documentary photography from the 30s, 40s, 50s, take a look at Grace Robertson's work. Um, sadly, she died at the age of 90 uh, recently, but uh, I mean, her work is fantastic. Uh, pioneering work really is. So the next one I'm going to mention this is a bit of a quick one from the Atlantic. It's winners of the 2021 Underwater Photographer of the Year contest. This is, well, I mean, the, the selection of images on there is absolutely fantastic. Um, there's all sorts of categories. There's black and white, portrait, recs, behaviour, macro, um, marine conservation. There's all sorts of different categories that come up. The thing that I, I like the most about these images is just the quality of the lighting and the photography in general. There's some absolutely stunning images. Uh, the fifth one, Gothic Chamber, uh, which the Riviera Maya in Mexico hosts the world's largest underground river system. Uh, Never-ending tunnels and amazing halls with decoration that compete with the best Gothic cathedrals in the world and there's basically a dive for swimming through there the lighting is absolutely amazing underneath that there's a fantastic portrait of an albatross um three quarters of it underwater and there's, you can just see the head uh at the top um, an amazing picture and then there's some fantastic macro work and images of wrecks and all sorts of things definitely worth a look if you're into marine conservation or you like shipwrecks or you know really good well-lit color photography some fantastic there's also i mean there's also black and white images in there as well i mean if you like albatrosses as well um i would certainly take a look so that's the atlantic winners of the 2021 underwater photographer of the year contest and then the final one which is probably my favorite this is my black and white documentary bias coming out North Wales seaside photos resurface after 40 years. This is on the BBC. Uh, this is Michael Bennett's images of seaside resorts, North Wales seaside resorts, that he took 40 years ago. He was asked in 1979 by a newly reopened Landudno gallery to... They commissioned him for an exhibition depicting North Wales coastal towns. And basically when he delivered these images, the gallery commissioner was not impressed 
and Michael says he almost certainly expected a romanticised impression of the coast. To me, this wouldn't have been honest. I felt I needed to show it exactly how it was. I guess I gave them too much reality, grit and detail. They didn't like it at all. So, yes, I do have an awful lot of grit, uh, but they're a beautiful series of images. Uh, Michael's got a book. Michael Bennett has got a book and it's called Peer Closing Time, published by Cow on the Roof Press. There was a tour, exhibition tour on, but that finished at the end of uh, January. But in the current Covid situation, um, not exactly ideal exhibitions, are they? Um, with lockdowns and social distancing and, and everything sort of into play. Um, a beautiful series of images. I've always found seaside resorts out of season to be fantastic places. If you've got a new lens or you've got a new camera, I think one of the best places to actually test them out is a seaside resort. Uh, you know, if you've got one for Christmas, for instance, head out in January to a seaside resort and just soak in the uh, soak in the atmosphere because British seaside resorts um, are very very different during the winter than they are there's there's definitely a, a melancholic atmosphere in there it's they're, they're quiet they're empty they're quite drab in a way there's no colour to them often uh, all of the lights turned off all of the seaside front shops are usually boarded up or uh, if they are open, you know, they haven't got that many customers. Uh, but I always used to really enjoy going down to the seafront at Scarborough in North Yorkshire. Uh, sometimes go through to Scarborough, you know, do a bit of Christmas shopping or just go out in January just to have a look at, get a bit of sea air. And it used to be fantastic taking images there with uh, a camera, just seeing what was going on. Um, and sometimes if you went when it was really, really rough weather, um, you could get some fantastic images. One of my favourites, which you can actually find in single images gallery, I believe on the website, was taken at Scarborough. Around about mid 1990s, 95, something like that, 94. And it was taken down the seafront. And it's basically, it was winter and uh, the sea was qu quite rough down the front. And I just came across these people and they were literally just walking down by where these huge waves were coming in. Um, they weren't actually breaking over the pavement, but if you'd have had a rogue wave or anything like that come in, um, it could have been quite nasty for a lot of these people. And it just intrigued me the way that they were just going about their business as though, you know, they, they weren't putting their life at risk, which, of course, you know, they were. They're, I mean, not all of them were looked as though they were fairly young, but uh, there's no excuse, is it? But yeah, I used to really love seaside resorts. And Michael Bennett's work is absolutely beautiful. And it captures um, the UK at a period in the late 1970s as well, which, you know, wasn't that pretty, for the want of a better word. Um, the UK was going through a recession. Uh, there was quite a lot of unemployment. So... A lot of that is reflected in, you know, the make-do sort of attitude. We will have a holiday, but it will be cheap and cheerful kind of attitude. 
that uh, I think still occurs even now for all of the foreign travel and uh, foreign travel, um, taking flights, things like that. There's still an awful lot of people that would just like the idea of going along to the seafront, getting a seafront chalet or something like that, and just having a week or two weeks there just to, to chill out and recharge the batteries. And uh, I think we tend to overlook those people now. We tend to uh, even look down on them to a certain extent, which we shouldn't do because it's all about contributing to local economies and seaside resorts. So check out Michael Bennett's um, photography of UK uh, North Wales seaside photos from the late 70s. I really love looking through them. Just a shame there wasn't a few more, but uh, you get an idea of uh, his images. A really, really good section of uh, photos. If you like photographers like Martin Parr, take a look at these because I think you'll probably enjoy them as well. Or even Chris Killip. Go back to Chris Killip again. 